Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. This coming Tuesday is, of course, the 4th of July, American Independence Day. I hope you're in the middle of an extended four-day holiday weekend and don't have to work Monday, but this special all-4th of July edition of the show is dedicated to the members of the armed forces who are working so that the rest of us can continue to enjoy the freedoms that we have and also to the first responders and the thousands of firefighters battling dozens of wildfires across the West who aren't able to enjoy the holiday. Thank you all for your service. On this evening's show, we're going to hear about a few different things associated with the 4th of July, and for the first segment, we've got a set of patriotic marches, but not a one of them was written by the March King, John Philip Sousa. Nonetheless, I think you'll enjoy them. Here are the Columbia Photo Players.
that certainly sounds like a Sousa march, but it's in fact General Pershing, composed by Carl D. Vandersloot around 1918. It had been recorded acoustically by the Victor Band and by Charles Prince's band, but you heard it there in a nice Victor electrical recording from October 5, 1926. That was an instrumental, but there are words which are written by J.R. Shannon. General John Joseph Pershing led the American Expeditionary Force in Europe in World War I and helped bring an end to the war. Before that, another tune which sounds like it could be from the American March King John Philip Sousa. But it was written by Austrian military bandmaster Josef Wagner, who was known as the Austrian March King. That was under the double eagle, referring not to the American bald eagle, but to the double eagle in the coat of arms of Austria-Hungary. Sousa liked the tune a lot, and his band actually recorded it not once, but three times. But we heard it there by the Blue Ridge Highballers, a group from the Danville, North Carolina area, which made 16 sides for Columbia in late March of 1926. The fiddler was Charlie LaPrade, and the guitarist was Lonnie Griffith. Under the Double Eagle was preceded by American Patrol, composed by Frank W. Meekum in 1885. The Patrol was a musical format popular in the late 1800s, and this one incorporated tunes including Yankee Doodle, Columbia, The Gem of the Ocean, and Dixie. American Patrol was performed there by the boy wonder xylophonist George Hamilton Green in one of his first solos on December 12, 1919. We began that March set with a march, but not one having to do with American patriotism. That was March of the Old Guard, played by the Ben Selvin group The Columbia Photo Players on December 23, 1929. The vocal duo was credited as the crooners, which could be Walter Feldkamp and Alan Moran. March of the Old Guard was composed by Herbert Stothard, with words by Clifford Gray. It's from the film Devil May Care, based on the French drama La Bataille de Dames, and which starred Ramon Navarro, Dorothy Jordan, and Marion Harris as the Countess Louise. Something else closely associated with the 4th of July are parades. So here's a set of musical parades, beginning with the Levy Loungers. Thank you. 
Originally introduced by Cab Calloway in the 1931 Cotton Club review Rhythm Mania, that was I Love a Parade, written by Ted Kohler and Harold Arlen, sung there by Harry Richmond on August 15, 1932. We started the show with the Columbia Photo Players, and before Harry Richmond, we heard them again, this time with Smith Ballou crooning My Love Parade on August 2, 1929. Clifford Gray wrote the words, and Victor Skirtsinger the music, and My Love Parade is from the film The Love Parade, where it's sung by Maurice Chevalier and Jeanette MacDonald. 
It's not been quite eight years since I last played it, so I think it's okay that we started off that parade set with Willard Robeson's orchestra, credited on the label of that November 10, 1927 Path A Actuelle 78 as the Levy Loungers, with Tin Pan Parade, written by Richard A. Whiting and Haven Gillespie. The vocal group was the Deep River Quintet. According to the Journal of the American Revolution, the first version of Yankee Doodle was written by Dr. Richard Shuckberg, a British Army physician during the French and Indian War, and was a satirical look at New England's Yankees. But there were soon all sorts of new verses and versions. Well, this segment of this special 4th of July edition of Rapidly Rotating Records is all about Yankee Doodles. Or would that be Yankees Doodle?
I've heard them praise the pretty girls from every foreign land. They rave about the girl from Gay Paris. The English girl and Spanish girl, they say, are simply grand. But none of them would make a hit with me. Some fellows take an ocean and they sail across the sea To win a girl in foreign lands they roam Now when it comes to sweethearts there is just one place for me I'll take a little girl that comes from home I want a girl from a Yankee doodle town I want a girl from the USA I wouldn't care if her eyes were blue or brown Because I'm not a fussy old Jane I want a girl I can call my own To marry me and settle down The girl to be my pal is a Yankee Doodle gal That comes from a Yankee Doodle town Pretty girls and witty girls, give me the USA. The Gibson girl, you know, is there with style. And when it comes to classy girls, we're there in every way. In fact, I know we beat them all a mile. Now, if I want a girlie that I know will love me too, a city girl or little country jail. As long as she's from Yankee land, I know that she's true blue, and wedding bells will surely ring someday. I want a girl from a Yankee doodle town. I want a girl from the USA. I wouldn't care if her eyes were blue or brown, because I'm not a fussy old Jane. I want a girl I can call my own. To marry me and settle down The girl to be my pal Is a Yankee Doodle gal That comes from a Yankee Doodle town
I've always hated this overrated, pretentious music, complicated and compositions that have conditions, intermissions that please musicians, it's hard to hear it, just be near it upon me, word I always fear it, I'm the original cranky Yankee popular melody fool, give us a tune that's worth a listening, give us a tune that's worth a whistling, I want to suit a strain, instead of a Wagner pain, give the trombone a chance to blow and give us a dash of rag and go on it, what I'm stating is advocating the popular melody fool. I want to hear a Yankee Doodle tune played by a military band. I want to hear a Yankee Doodle tune, the only music I can understand. Oh, Susa, won't you write another march? Yours is just the melody divine. Now you can have your William Tell, your Faust and Lohengrin as well, but I'll take a Yankee Noodle too for mine. The fellow who writes the mellow contagious strain that's rather yellow. It may be hashy, it may be trashy, but still it's dashy. It gets the cashy. Really clever, it lasts forever. You hear it once? Forget it never, for now we are coming to hanky-panky popular melody days. That is the music, there's no doubt of it. Cut all the cheap cadenzas out of it. Music to please the gang, with plenty of biff and bang. Music that all the children hum of it, all the composers and glories come of it. It's so ringing, that's what's bringing the popular melody craze. George M. Cohan was awarded a Congressional Medal of Honor by President Franklin D. Roosevelt for writing Over There in 1917. But years earlier, he wrote I Want to Hear a Yankee Doodle Tune, which we just heard him sing on a May 4, 1911 Victor recording. I Want to Hear a Yankee Doodle Tune is from the show Mother Goose, described as a musical extravaganza, and which opened at the New Amsterdam Theater on December 2, 1903, and ran until February 27 of the following year. You had 105 chances to catch it. Before that, it was Helen Ward, backed by Benny Goodman and his orchestra, claiming that Yankee Doodle never went to town. Ralph Freed wrote the words and Bernie Hannigan the music, and that recording is from November 22, 1935. Apparently, Yankee Doodle had his own town, because Yankee Doodle never went to town was preceded by Billy Murray on April 6, 1909, with I Want a Girl from Yankee Doodle Town, written by Thurland Chataway. Thurland Chataway was quite a prolific composer and also brought us Can't You Take It Back and Change It for a Boy, and we've been chums for 50 years. We begin that Yankee Doodle set with the Edison Studio Group, the Broadway Dance Orchestra, and the Yankee Doodle Blues. That was recorded July 15, 1922. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're going to be watching fireworks at Brengel Park in Vista, California for the 4th of July. And lots of people will be having picnics on the hillside behind the amphitheater. Many times they're large family affairs, but they can also be for just two people. Here's Waring's Pennsylvanians. Sunshine, picture all we can do. 
honey, this is the one time we'll have a picnic or two. On a carpet of flowers, near the ceiling of blue, we could while away hours and have a picnic or two. We'll hug, we'll kiss, sample the lunch you made. I'll try your pie, cookies and lemonade. What a perfect day this is for proposing to you. When I make you the missus, oh, what a picnic for two. Oh, 
a little bit of excitement will be fun. Cause today's the day, a holiday, and it's good old picnic time. Teddy Bear's Picnic, played there in 1908 by Arthur Pryor's band, conducted by Arthur Pryor. And I think that's the first time we've heard that version on the show. The tune was written in 1907 by John Walter Bratton, and the first recording of it was made that year by the Edison Symphony Orchestra, but that was on a cylinder. The Pryor's band recording was the first disc recording of the piece. It was an instrumental because Irish songwriter Jimmy Kennedy didn't write words to the tune until 1932. Before that, with Ernest Hare playing the male character and Al Bernard the female, that was Picnic Time, written by Al Bernard and recorded in July of 1922. We begin that picnic set with Waring's Pennsylvanians and Picnic for Two, written by Tot Seymour, Al Goodhart, and Al Hoffman. The vocal trio on that May 13, 1932 recording was Nelson Keller, Claire Hanlon, and Tom Waring. Up to this point, we've heard all about the trappings around the 4th of July, music, picnics, parades, fireworks, and so on. But this final segment has to do with what the holiday is really all about, America. Here's the American Quartet. Love 
by popular election from self-called laws they chose. They're your laws and my laws for your cause and my cause. That's why this country rose. America, I love you. You're like a sweetheart of We begin the final segment of this special Independence Day show with Walter B. Rogers conducting the orchestra on November 3, 1915, and the American Quartet singing America, I Love You. America, I Love You was composed by Archie Gottler, and the Edgar Leslie lyrics were sung by tenors Billy Murray and William Redmond, baritone Steve Porter, and bass Donald Chalmers. Next, it was Sousa's band and the Liberty Bell March. Sousa himself rarely conducted on recordings because he disdained the technology, But on this one he did. 
It's a portion of a radio broadcast on Thanksgiving Day, 1929, sponsored by the General Baking Company in honor of Sousa's 75th birthday, and the transcription was made in New York earlier in the month. A band had been put together specifically for the broadcast and included some former members of the Sousa band. We've got one more record, so stay tuned, but I'm going to remind you that I'm Glenn Robison, and you've been listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention and extend my best wishes for a safe, sane, and spectacular Fourth of July. In years past, I've ended the Fourth of July shows with God Bless America, and I was all set to do so this year with a 1940 version by the Frankie Masters Orchestra, which I've not played on the show before. That is, until I came across this record, which seems a lot more appropriate, given the current state of the nation's affairs. It's by Art Castle and his Castles in the Air Orchestra. It was recorded June 7, 1932, and is of a song written by Fran Fry and John J. Jaffin. At the time, the country was still in the midst of the Great Depression, but we've got far different and arguably far worse problems now. It's titled, Everything is Gonna Be Okay, America. And I certainly hope that turns out to be true. Okay, America. 